Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Clips and Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanee. Finally, Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle. Once again, it is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond listening to us on incredible radio stations like Fox Sports Radio 1400 The Midlands. Heard around the world on the iHeartRadio application. Download that today. It is free. Our website, three months, one dollar. Get the membership now. After that, 63, 17 for one year of coverage. That's right, Gamecocks. We said it. 63, 17. A big weekend in Tigertown as the Clemson Tiger baseball team breaks out the brooms. The Clemson Tiger softball team, I guess, Technically speaking, breaks out the brooms and they advance to the Super Regionals out in Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State. Listen, lots to talk about today. Plus, we got to catch you up on uh, NHL and NBA. Uh, a whole lot of shaking going on. And also, William Qualkenbush joins us in hour number two. But let's talk about the topic du jour, numero uno, on top of the softball world, if you will, Clemson's upstart softball program. In only their second full season, now this is the third year, but their second full season, not only did they beat Auburn on Saturday, but then on Sunday, they closed the deal with an 8 nothing victory over the raging cages of Louisiana Lafayette. The Tigers went 3-0 and did not allow a run in the three regional games. Clemson is now 42-15. Eight runs on nine hits, including a seven-run explosion in the fourth. Valerie Cagle's three-run home run, not a bomb, but a rocket, a missile, launched out of McWhorter. And Clemson, incredibly, improbably, has made their way into the Super Regionals. They will take on number seven seed Oklahoma State. Clemson is the 10th seed. 
if you think they can't beat Oklahoma State, pump your brakes. They can. This team can absolutely make it into the college softball World Series. As for the rest of college softball, here's what we're looking at. The number one seeded Oklahoma Sooners will face off against the 16th seed UCF Knights. Friday, 4.30 on ESPN2 is game one of that series. Again, Oklahoma, the top seed in the tournament. The number two seed, Florida State. They are out. They lost back-to-back ball games. Remember, Florida State beat Clemson in the ACC Championship 8-6 to last weekend. The Seminoles had to lose two games in a row to Mississippi State. The Seminoles were 52-5, and and that's just what happened. The Bulldogs move on. They'll face Arizona. Arizona came out of the 15th seed in Missouri's bracket. It'll be Mississippi State hosting against Arizona Friday noon on ESPNU. The number three seed, Virginia Tech Hokies out of the ACC, still alive. Friday, 2 p.m., ESPN2. They'll take on Florida. Then you've got the fourth seed, Arkansas Razorbacks. They are playing Thursday at 7 p.m. on ESPN2 against Texas, who came out of Washington, the 13 seeds region. Fifth-seeded UCLA, still alive. They'll take on Duke. Duke out of the Atlantic Coast Conference, the 12th seed. That's Friday, 11 11 p.m. on ESPN2. Then you move on to the next highest, or I guess technically lowest seed remaining, and that is seventh-seeded Oklahoma State, who's taking on your Clemson Tigers, who are the 10th seed. The sixth seed, Alabama out. Stanford advances to take on Oregon State. Tennessee was the 11th seed. They're out. Stanford will host Oregon State in a Pac-12 matchup. Then Arizona State, the eighth seed, taking on the ninth seed, Northwestern. Arizona State will be hosting. So those are the games and teams remaining. Again, Clemson and Oklahoma State will face off Thursday at 9.30 on ESPN2. Then Friday at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. The Game 3 game is, of course, pending a uh, 1-1 series. But there is a legitimate chance that Clemson could work their way into the College World Series and they would be paired up, I believe, in the first round of the College World Series against either Arizona or Mississippi State. Folks, they are two wins away. Two wins away from being in the College World Series with eight teams. Well, seven others, technically. Think about that. I said it here several weeks ago. I thought this team was good enough to get to Stillwater. I also said I thought that they were a team that would eventually win a national title. And while I think the odds would be long that it would happen this year, two more wins and they create 
one heck of an opportunity at the College World Series. 803-450-0086. They may not be paired up with the winner of Arizona and Mississippi State. That's the way it looks on the bracket. Quite frankly, because Clemson's only had softball for three seasons, I haven't really followed how they you know reseed it and re-rank it. I'm not 100% sure. Like if Oklahoma, the number one seed overall, were to not get out of the you know, they're super regional. How would that shake things up? I'm just not certain if it's seeded from top to bottom, one through eight, by who's remaining and where they were ranked previously. I, I, I don't know. But here are the 16 teams remaining. It'll be Oklahoma and UCF, Northwestern and Arizona State, UCLA and Duke, Texas and Arkansas, Virginia Tech and Florida, Oregon State and Stanford, Oklahoma State and Clemson, and Arizona in Mississippi State. Your Clemson Tigers still rolling along in the NCAA tournament. And again, they open things up. The Stillwater Super Regional against the seventh-seeded Oklahoma State Cowboys Thursday, March the 26th at 9.30 p.m. I didn't say p.m. earlier. I better say that. P.m. on ESPN2. Here are John Rittman, Valerie Cagle, Millie Thompson. Not sure who else was with the crew. But what I can tell you is the Lady Tigers are making a historic beginning to this softball program. Here's some comments following the Tigers' 8-0 win against Louisiana yesterday afternoon. Thank you, Jeff. Um, wow, what an emotional day. Um, couldn't be more proud of our team with the way they competed all weekend long. Um, you know, obviously, for such a young program, um, to be regional champs is, is very special. It's just another stepping stone in our growth. Um, these three players up here have meant so much to our program. Um, from, from the start of the season uh, to right now. And uh, just really proud of their efforts today, um, but really proud of our team. You know, it's, it says something about us and how we've learned and adjusted throughout this year, um, playing the tough schedule that we've played, um, not winning a regular season championship like we did last year, coming just short in the ACC championship game last weekend. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But to finally get the championship that we were looking for in the regional championship this year was very special. You know, um, we're going to enjoy this and, and get ready for Super Regionals on Tuesday. But what a special time to be a Clemson Tiger softball player. Um, who would have thunk it three years ago when we started? But here we are. Um, today's game, listen, our pitching staff was outstanding all weekend long. Of course, Millie's no hitter on Friday. 
yesterday, Valerie against a very good Auburn team shuts them out. We get the one to nothing win, got out of some tough jams late in that game. And then today, Millie, just an outstanding effort. You know, again, a one hitter. Um, we gave up zero runs in three games. And uh, you're going to win when you give up zero runs, right? But uh, Millie, another phenomenal performance. She's just so gutsy out there, not afraid of any moment, um, just competes her butt off. And, and then offensively, you know, Cammy just set the tone in that first inning with, the, with a good battle at the plate and got the base hit. McKenzie moves her to second. And then Big Vow, as we call her, you know, smashes one, you know, center field gets us that one run. And that takes the pressure off us a little bit, you know. And Millie shuts him down there for a couple of innings, and then we have the big inning. You know, a freshman, Abby Beer, comes up, send one, sends one out of the park. Um, Oda with a great at bat, you know, she, she just gives us quality at bat. She, she had two strikes on her and worked the walk. And then another freshman, Maddie Moore, with a big hit. Um, you know, and then we kept the pressure on him. Of course, you know, we ended up scoring some more runs in that inning. And and uh, and then it was just up to Millie to go out there and, and shut him down. And, and we felt very confident that she, she was going to do that. And she did. And then time to celebrate. And uh, just really enjoyed today. Special moment in our program's history. And now we're looking forward to a Super Regional. Cammy Pereira was also uh, the other player. I couldn't remember who else was up there. Uh, but she was asked about her performance in the ball game and the job that she did, and she said, "Man, there's just there's really no better way uh, to go out, you know, at McWhorter Stadium as a player." Yeah, I mean, uh, if I could have drawn up a way to end my career at McWhorter Stadium, this would definitely definitely be the way I want to do it. Um, just being able to celebrate and have fun with our team, um, just being able to to perform and you know not do too much. Um, that's just really what I'm trying to do in my at-bats. And I just try to be consistent and then let Val come up and do the big stuff. Um, but just trying to get on base and, and work hard for our team because I wasn't letting this this last day uh, be my last day playing softball on our own field. So it was really special to end that in such a great way. So there you go. Some of the comments from yesterday as Clemson incredibly advances to the Super Regionals. They will be taking on Oklahoma State. The Cowboys softball team and the preparation that something like that could give them for the College World Series if they were to advance that far, it's tremendous. The Tigers were spectacular in the circle. They were great at the plate. Thompson through her second run rule shutout of the weekend. One of them was a no-hitter. The other where she just allowed one hit and two base runners. So what has happened now, you've got two potential aces. Thompson with the left hand, too, I think, uh, it's also a completely different look for a lot of these young ladies who are having to step up in you know to the batter's box to go up against batter's box to go up against her. And so I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think there's any doubt that the positive momentum surrounding this program is not going anywhere anytime soon. And they will take on Oklahoma State Thursday 
at 9.30 in Stillwater. That matchup set for ESPN2. Again, Clemson comes out of their regional. They beat Auburn on Saturday in a hard-fought, tough ball game. Uh, a game that could have gone either way, 1-0 win. Then Auburn got beat by Louisiana Lafayette, the Rage of Cajuns, which opened up the opportunity to not have to go back through a team out of the SEC. And Clemson took advantage. And now they will advance. And they will get a chance to have a crack at the Oklahoma State softball team. And this is the Oklahoma State team. Remember, I, I mentioned how good Oklahoma is. By the way, 49-2. and two. The Oklahoma Sooner softball team. One of those two losses this year came at the hands of Oklahoma State. I guess technically, whether they do they call them the Cowgirls? The Oklahoma State Cowgirls, indeed they do. So I, my apologies. I thought it was weird to say the Cowboys, but they actually do. They call them the Cowgirls. So the Oklahoma State Cowgirls are one of the teams that did defeat. Oklahoma this year, and it happened in the conference championship game, a 4-3 to win in eight innings. Now, what did they do this weekend? They beat Fordham 12-0 in five. They beat Nebraska, 25th-ranked Nebraska team, 7-4. And then they ousted North Texas 2-0 to advance to this series against your Clemson Tigers. Now, when they played Oklahoma in the regular season, they lost 7-1-6-0-5-3. They also played Florida State in two games in Tallahassee and lost both of those 2-1, one of which was in nine innings. And you know how good the Florida State Seminole baseball team or softball team was this year. So that's just kind of an indicator. It's going to be a tough one. But it is not an insurmountable mountain sitting in front of Clemson. It is not a team that they are, uh, you know, having to hope to beat. This is a team that Clemson could absolutely knock off. And what a opportunity uh, it could be for this program if they were to get to the College World Series in just their third year, the College Softball World Series. And and, and think about this, too, because I think this is key. I think this is important. When we think about sports in general at Clemson, the furthest the basketball team has ever advanced is to the Elite Eight. With two more wins, this softball team will be sitting in the Elite Eight. Essentially. And they will have an opportunity to bring home a national championship with just two more wins. If you don't think the expectations for this program down the line are going to be through the roof, I'm not sure where you're getting your news from. The expectations for Clemson Tigers softball 
are going to be through the roof simply because of the fact that this program, even if they don't go, even if they don't win to, to achieve what they've achieved, essentially a sweet 16 in just two full seasons, three years total, is incredible. And I think the thing you have to ask yourself is with no with no uh, real professional softball to that level, would somebody like Valerie Cagle take advantage of her COVID year and play an additional year on top of how many she's got left? I think it's a decent question. We'll ask Qualk about that in hour two. With a quick break, stay with us. Rocking and rolling along with you on a Monday afternoon, the show that shakes the Southland, Clemson Sports Talk. Again, the Clemson softball team. Man, what a story they have become. We'll discuss them at length with William Qualkenbush in hour number two. They will take on Oklahoma State Thursday, 9.30, ESPN2. Friday, 9 o'clock on ESPN2. If necessary, Saturday, start time to be determined. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, two wins, and they're in the College World Series. Think about that. The NCAA Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, June 2nd through the the 8th. That close. That close. Well, over the weekend, mentioned this out of the gates briefly, uh, the Clemson Tiger baseball team, Pulled off the sweep of Boston College, and that secured their spot at the ACC tournament. Clemson will have a matchup tomorrow, 7 o'clock against North Carolina. Then they'll get a day off. And on Thursday, they'll play at 7 o'clock against Virginia Tech. That's their little pod. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't love it, but it is. I, I, well, I mean, I, I'm not saying I don't love their matchups. I'm just saying I don't love the pod format, but it, we've we've gotten to the point where we just accept it now. We've we've pushed through deny, de, de, denying it and complaining. We're at acceptance. It is what it is. But Clemson will face off again against North Carolina tomorrow at 7, did I say 7 o'clock? I, I can't, I, I've repressed it already. 7 o'clock and then uh, Thursday at 7 o'clock against Virginia Tech. Now, Clemson this weekend had an impressive, impressive plural form performances against Boston College, 15-1 to on Thursday. Six to two when we left you on the air here on Friday, and then five to nothing on Saturday. A three-game sweep, outscoring Boston College twenty-six to three, 
and getting that opportunity. Their RPI, however, did drop. So it's still going to be very important for this Clemson Tiger baseball team uh, to play well at the ACC tournament. I don't think they can afford to lose both games. Probably need to go 1-1 one one would be better if you could go 2-0 and oh and get into uh, the four-team little playoff or even best probably to just find a way to beat North Carolina if you, if you, if you can't win both. Now, one of the other... Uh, plus, if, if you win over North Carolina, you, you might have a good chance that you still get into the uh, championship series or whatever they call the, the four teams that are left at the end. The other thing, the four teams playing for the ACC title at the end. The other thing, too, though, I do want to get to here uh, on the program today uh, is some audio following Clemson's win over Boston College on Saturday. And again, what a huge weekend series uh, it was for the Tigers. Here's some of that audio post-game. What a great way to uh, close out uh, the regular season here at home. Um, I think everybody's aware of just how important every game is for us right now uh, as we try to do everything we can to get our club into the NCAA field of 64. And uh, this certainly helps today, that's for sure. Um, it all starts with Billy Barlow. Uh, he was outstanding, his best start of the season. Um, we needed to get him over that threshold of the fifth inning, and uh, he was able to do that. So I was really proud of Billy. You know, pitched a contact, you know, pounded the strike zone, no walks, uh, six complete innings. Thought Lindley and Ammons uh, behind him were outstanding. And, uh, you know, offensively, we did enough. Uh, you know, what a great story with Reed Garris. And we were, we were joking uh, in the dugout, calling him Buster Posey. Uh, but, uh, you know, just had a heck of a weekend for us. You know, stepped in. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, when he woke up on Thursday morning, he did not expect uh, this type of weekend to happen, but he was ready. He had great poise and composure all weekend. Caught uh, outstanding behind the plate. And, uh, scored three runs for us today, had two hits. Drove in two, hit a home run. Uh, just had an outstanding weekend uh, for us. So very, very proud of Reed and uh, proud of our club. So, uh, and it's senior day. It's always great to get a win on senior day. Monty Lee there following Clemson's win. And so the Tigers, again, are a lock. They're in the, in the Atlantic Coast Conference tournament just trying to figure out if they will make the NCAA tournament. That's still our Kaufman's fan poll question over on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Go over there right now uh, and cast your vote. Do you think they get in or not? It, it is still a very – we've had that poll up for about a month. It's still a very – well, not quite a month, but uh, it's been up a while. It's still a very fringe relationship, I think, between Clemson and the NCAA tournament. Uh, the Tigers, again, will take on North Carolina tomorrow at 7 p.m. and then Virginia Tech at 7 p.m. on Thursday. Other matchups uh, in the Atlantic Coast Conference tournament and the way uh, all of this shakes out, you've got Pitt and Georgia Tech at 11 a.m. tomorrow, then North Carolina State and Wake Forest at 3 p.m., followed by that Clemson-North Carolina matchup at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. Wednesday at 11 
you get Louisville and Pitt. Wednesday at 3, you get Florida State and Virginia. And Wednesday at 7, you get Miami and NC State. Then on Thursday, you've got Georgia Tech and Louisville at 11. Notre Dame and Florida State at 3. And Virginia Tech and Clemson at 7 o'clock. Then on Friday at 11 a.m., you've got Virginia and Notre Dame. Then at 3 o'clock, you've got Wake Forest versus uh, Miami. And then at 7 o'clock, you've got North Carolina versus Virginia Tech. And I will tell you, I think that North Carolina with a two-game, a two-day layoff uh, and Wake Forest with a two-day layoff probably have one of the biggest disadvantages uh, of most anybody in the tournament because they play and then have to wait two days to go play again. And if you play well in game one, you definitely don't want a two-game break. Speaking of breaks, we'll hit one. Stay with us for more of the show that shakes the Southland. Back at it on a Monday afternoon. That break snuck up on me. I didn't get all my my thoughts out, and I want to, and I didn't even get to tease the fact that we uh, do have a pretty big announcement about one uh, Clemson Tiger uh, here coming up. But I want to go back to what I was saying just before the break when you talk about dealing with uh, the two-day layoff that Wake Forest in North Carolina have to deal with. I think that's a bad situation to be in. Like you'd prefer if you're going to have to have two days break to be in a situation like Notre Dame. You know, the Fighting Irish, they don't play their first game until Thursday. Well, that's no different than playing your first game really on Tuesday. That two-day layoff though for for Wake Forest and for North Carolina, I mean, I think is a distinct disadvantage. Because I think you can play good in game one. uh, And then you can struggle in the game two because you've had two days and lost any positive momentum or whatever you felt like you had in your back pocket going into uh, your next game. It could just be basically vanished. 803-450-0086-803-450-00. 86. Um, taking a look here real quick to the text line. Speaking of double O, he says Valerie Cagle and the Lady Tigers will get her done. Case closed. He also said Rob Sanders had his A game today. Let's see where your game is. I'm probably somewhere in the C plus B minus range today. That's the way I'm feeling double O. Uh, by the way, you can catch my buddy Rob Sanders from 3 until 4 o'clock each and every afternoon on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Plus, don't forget, Teddy Hefner. Teddy Hefner, who has been on the air for many, many years in the Midlands. You can listen to Teddy from 9 until noon. I said we had an announcement, an important announcement, about a Clemson Tiger athlete. I didn't get to tease it, but sophomore Max Wagner was named the ACC Player of the Year earlier today. Wagner is Clemson's 14th ACC Player of the Year in the first since Seth Beer won it back in 2016. Wagner was first-team All-ACC. Wagner hit 26 home runs, just one shy uh, of the Clemson home run record, which is 27. Now, you know what I don't know about that? And we'll ask Tim Bray, or maybe I can look this up. 
is it, it, his 26 home runs are one behind the Tiger record of 27. So I'm assuming that it does not, or that does include a postseason home run. So there's a chance he could still, I believe, set the mark. It's also tied for the fourth most in a season in ACC history. So Max Wagner, congratulations to him for uh, the incredible season that he pieced together. Uh, I mentioned Wagner was first team all ACC. Two Tiger sophomores, Mac Anglin and Blake Wright, earned third team all ACC. Wagner hit 379 this year with 26 home runs, one triple, 15 doubles, and 74 RBIs. What a year Max Wagner put together and a, a surprising year because it's not like he was a name that out of the gates people are saying, yeah, you got to watch out for Wagner, right? Most of the, most people are kind of talking up Caden Grice and then all of a sudden Wagner just has a phenomenal, phenomenal year. So congratulations to him. He hit a home run every seven and a half at bats this year. That's well ahead of the school record, which was at 8.9. His 867 slugging percentage is also the best in a season in Clemson history. And he reached base via a hit, walk, or hit by pitch in each of the last 40 games. So shout out to Max getting the J-O-B. D-O-N-E, the job done, Wagner. I mean, I, I don't know if I don't know if anybody else calls him that, but I do. Getting the job done, Max Wagner. 803-450-0086. 803-450-0086. Our website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com, where right now for just a dollar, you can get three months of premium coverage of your Clemson Tigers, help support us if you like it. Stay on with us for just $63.17 for one year of coverage. That's right, Gamecocks. I said it. 63-17 right here in the belly of the beast. No doubt about Wagner's numbers, though, this year. And, boy, I'll tell you what. If he has a big series up at the ACC tournament, that would go a big couple of ball games, at least in the first two matchups that Clemson has, that would go a long way towards uh, delivering these guys uh, to the postseason, which is where you know they want to be. And I've got plenty of people that kind of fall on both sides of the Monty Lee argument, but this is his second ACC player of the year. And it it does feel like there's a great opportunity out in front for this team uh, if they play well at the ACC tournament because they've had some really good performances this year, albeit because of the offensive numbers, more so than stellar pitching outside of Anglin, who's been good. But you win these two games... I, look, I don't know if you can win the ACC tournament, but you get into the NCAA tournament, and, and this feels like a team that's fairly battle-tested. Now, one of the biggest problems is in some of those battles against top-tier competition, 
they haven't really shown up. And that may be more of a testament to the some of the teams they've played, but I think, you know, if they if they win these two games, they're probably in. One and one, they're probably in. I, I, as I said earlier, I think you'd like that one to be against North Carolina. I'll tell you what we will do, though. we got a break coming up, but we'll, we'll ask William Qualkenbush about it, too, in hour two to kind of gauge his thoughts on uh, what the baseball team needs to do as well. All right, I'll tell you what. When we come back, we'll catch up uh, on what's been going on in the NBA and potentially in the NHL if we have time. Stay with us here for more of the show that shakes the Southland. It is Clemson Sports Talk on Fox Sports Radio 1400 and, of course, on the iHeartRadio app. Back at it, hour number one, final segments of NBA and NHL conversations for you here on a Monday afternoon, as it is the playoffs. Like, listen, I I said this the other day. I don't need to hear from you. Don't give me any grief. Swanee, you never talk about baseball. I do. I do. I talk about baseball during the postseason. I am not about to sit here with the Braves and whoever else having 89 more games to go, or I don't even know where they are, but it's a ridiculous number. And try to talk about the minutia of the pennant race. <clears throat> Not going to do it. I will, however, talk about the NBA and the NHL playoffs because that's that's pertinent information. And it's been really good. So I would encourage you to step in and start trying to watch it. Tonight at 8.30, Miami looks to put a stranglehold on their series. On the road at Boston, they are up two games to one after winning uh, against the Celtics over the weekend. The Celtics stole home court advantage in game two. But Boston bounced right, excuse me, but Miami bounced right back in Boston and convincingly won game three. And now we'll have a chance this evening, 8.30 on ABC. Tune in to catch that one. Miami has a chance to take a convincing 3-0 lead. Now, Saturday's game ended up being closer than maybe it appeared at one point, but 109-103 ended up being the final score because, as I've taught my son in the NBA, everybody <laughs> everybody makes a run, and Boston closed out the final quarter with a 31-22 advantage, so they made up nine points. Right there, but trailed by 15 going into the fourth quarter. Ultimately, if Boston doesn't win this game tonight, you're talking about your backs being against the wall, and it's hard to come back from down 3-1. It doesn't happen. Doesn't happen hardly at all. Last night, Golden State took a 3-0 lead over the Dallas Mavericks, and the Warriors will look to close it out tomorrow night, 9 o'clock on TNT, and I think that's going to happen. 
I think we are destined for Warriors heat. I think the Warriors are destined for an NBA championship. I mentioned this last week, and I'll bring it up again. If you don't know the name Jordan Poole, get to know it because he is making himself into one of the preeminent shooters in the league, not just from the perimeter, but also at the free throw line. And what you saw late in that matchup last night was when Dallas got close and you knew they were going to have to start fouling to shorten the game. Three out of the five dudes on the court, you can't foul. And one of the guys is going to be inbounding the ball, which means it's three out of the four players on the court. You can't foul. And when free throws become automatic, you can close out games. And that's what's going to make beating Golden State so incredibly difficult is you you have to beat them from pillar to post. You have to beat them in such a way that late in the game it doesn't come down to free throws. Because if it does come down to free throws, they've got your number. They're going to end up beating you. Now, for all you Carolina Hurricane fans, you're still licking your wounds from last night's loss. Their first loss in the series against the New York Rangers, 3-1. to one. The Rangers got a late cheapy as the Hurricanes had pulled the goalie to try to equalize that matchup at 2. 3-1 your final score yesterday. That series now two games to one for Carolina. The Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Florida Panthers 5-1. to one. They took a 3-0 series lead. And then Edmonton... Edmonton and uh, Calgary. These two teams, holy moly. Scoring galore. They scored 15 in the first matchup. Uh, they scored 15 between the two. It was 9-6 to six game one. It was 5-3 to three in game two. <laughs> I mean, left and right. And then last night, again, the Oilers uh, scored four in that one in the second period to win that matchup four to one. Tonight in the NHL, the Lightning will look to close out the Panthers at 7 o'clock on TNT. And the uh, Colorado Avalanche look to take a 3-1 lead over the St. Louis Blues. Your Carolina Hurricanes won't be back on the ice until tomorrow at 7 o'clock. And that game will be on ESPN. 7 o'clock tomorrow, Carolina Hurricanes look to take a 3-1 lead over the Texas Rangers. You do not want them to get that equalizer there. You do not want that to happen. Trust me. Go ahead and put the 3-1 three, the three uh, advantage on them. 803-450-0086-803-450-0086. Hour number two, our buddy William Qualkenbush joins the program. So I'll tell you what, we'll get him on the hotline, we'll punch him up, and we'll hang out with him here on the show that shakes the Southland. Keep it locked for more Clemson Sports Talk on Fox Sports Radio 14 under the Midlands, heard around the world 
on the iHeartRadio application. Follow us on Twitter at Clemson Sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanny. Tiger style. Tiger style. is our number two that's drive time right here on the show that shakes the southland clemson sports talk lawton swan william qualkenbush joining us here on a monday afternoon you can too 803-450-0086 803-450-0086 we'd love to hear from you here uh, to talk about your clemson tiger softball team obviously the baseball team of the big weekend as well so without further ado, we'll run it out to William Qualkenbush here on the program today. Qual, buddy, welcome in, man. I hope you're doing well. Happy Monday. Swanee, it's a great Monday, man. Busy weekend, busy week ahead, but I'm glad to be with you. How are Holy you doing? Holy smokes. Listen, Qualk, I, I don't want to say I called it, but I, I said several weeks ago, I know you and I have talked about it, I said, listen, I think that the next program on Clemson's campus that could win a national title could be softball. And look. They're a ways from it. Don't get me wrong about that. But they're headed to the Super Regionals, Quark, and they've got an excellent opportunity coming up against Oklahoma State. Uh, and I'm not going to lie to you. If they make it to the College World Series for softball, I would not be shocked at this point. You know, it's a good it's a good thing to think about because, you know, at, at, at this point, I think Clemson has reached what I would consider to be its established uh, it's established spot in the pecking order of college softball. Um, where it's had issues this year for the most part, it's been teams that are either hosting or ho- hosting again, hosting super regionals, or like maybe one game against the team that either was hosting or was a two seed, right? I mean, the majority of Clemson's losses have been to teams that were on this line, uh, what, what Oklahoma State is on. I'm not sure they could find a better matchup, to be quite honest, than Oklahoma State. I mean, you look at the two pitchers they have in the circle. Um, they both are, are very much pitchers, not throwers. Um, there's more uh, spot and spin than there is velocity. Um, I think Clemson matches up pretty doggone well with Oklahoma State based on the little bit I got to watch them this weekend. I got to watch every pitch of their game yesterday against North Texas. But, you know, I – as you're talking about, uh, I, I feel like you're you're just kind of taking it one round at a time. You get through one set of games, and you move on to the next one and the next one. And uh, you're right, man. When you when you get to Oklahoma City, anything can happen. And Clemson is just two wins away. And I'm telling you, 
they have been a different team at home. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But this is a team that is capable of going on the road to Stillwater, beating Oklahoma State twice, and ending up in the College World Series. Qualk, I agree 100%. I said so in hour one. My other question is this, and I know college softball is still very new in the Clemson circles, uh, but Millie Thompson's dominant performance this past weekend in a couple of matchups is is the left-handed pitcher. Like, is that is, is that such an advantage that I just don't know enough about it, or is it just, oh, dumb luck that she had a great weekend? Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, Graham Neff brought that up with us. We had him on for an inning yesterday and he actually brought that same question up. Um, and whether the handedness really mattered. And I think it does, but it doesn't have to. Um, one thing about softball is different from baseball in that you have, you know, you have essentially, there's not a quote unquote fastball. What you have are, you have a rise ball and a drop ball and you have a change up and a screw ball and there are different pitches you can throw. Um, but you know, somebody like Millie Thompson, there's nothing that's a straight drop or there's nothing that's a straight rise. Um, she tends to work down in the zone. She tends to nibble at the corners. Um, she tends to work um, away from righties and really in on lefties um, with her drop ball. And she kind of, she spins it back towards, uh, toward the plate. And I feel like that's a, you know, that's something you don't see a lot from, from pitchers is from the left side. Um, she's a very intimidating presence, but it's the ability to both spin the ball and change speeds, work in and out, and, uh, and, and command the bottom of the strike zone that I think makes Millie so difficult. You know, I, we had her on uh, our, our show here on Thursday, and one of the things I asked her was, like, she's, I mean, she's pretty shy, seriously. She's got a bubbly personality in the right moments, but she is really shy with media and a little bit reserved as a person. Uh, but she's right at home in softball. And I, I basically asked her, what, what is your persona about? And she said, well, you look, I'm 5'6". She's listed at 5'7", but she said with her mouth, I'm 5'6". I'm and she said, I don't throw hard. So I got to find some way to intimidate people. And her intimidation, I think, was the thing that, that was unique about her. Now she has added her repertoire to that mix. Because like I say, you don't see the way she pitches every day. And uh, so I think it's a combination of factors, the left-handedness, the, the sort of swagger and the persona, the mm -hmm. really loud persona, and then the way she kind of nibbles and, and induces swing and misses by changing speeds and spotting ball at the bottom of the zone. Man, I tell you what, they have been so fun to watch, and I hope Clemson Tiger fans are investing. I think the big question after this weekend, Quack, I know they squeezed the extra 100 folks, so tried to squeeze an extra 100 in. Uh, to the matchup on Sunday, I mean, what does the future, you know, when you had Graham up there, I don't know if you guys got a chance to ask him this. I was actually sitting at a, uh, getting my tires done, so I wasn't listening um, to the game. But what did, <laughs> you know, what did he say? Did he say anything about potential expansion? I mean, I know it's a, it's a tough location to do anything, but I mean, is there that much interest that that's something that would already be on the horizon for this softball program? Yes. Um, in fact, I would, I would suggest that they are in need of a major expansion. Um, and talking to several folks in and around the program on and off the record, that was something that came up a lot, was the idea that this is the time to do it when interest is very high, when people are still getting to know the program, when they're, they're achieving at a very high level. 
um, this is the time to go ahead and build that out. And uh, it, Graham brought it up himself yesterday and basically said, look, they can they can build some out down the left field line and put a little more permanence there, rearrange the bullpens a little bit, and make that work. Um, they can put some out in center to right center field. They can put some out beyond uh, sort of in fair territory in the outfield, uh, beyond the fence. So there are some options that have been uh, that have been talked about. They haven't settled on one yet. I would be shocked if there aren't more permanent seats and more areas for people to enjoy the game next year, even if they're not quite finished. I think capacity will likely be somewhere over 2,000. I mean, gosh, maybe even between 2,500 and 3,000 seats by the time uh, they start playing next year. That's how much interest there is. Wow. Um, I also I, – I don't know if this will happen, but I know John Rittman has said in the past, you know, one of the things that is problematic, and Monty Lee deals with the same thing, is, you know, people buy season tickets, but midweek games are hard to get to because of who is buying those tickets. How, you know, how do we get a better system in place where those seats are filled for midweeks and early Friday first pitches and things like that during the season – because there are a lot of folks who show up looking for a ticket they can't get in, even though there are seats unfilled. So those are, I think, the two problems that they have uh, through the season and even, uh, you know, some this weekend. And uh, I think both of those things will likely be addressed by the time we start next season in uh, February. He is on Twitter at Qualtalk each and every day, out of bounds. William Qualkenbush joins us, 105.5 The Roar, from noon until Three o'clock. All right, Quark. So from that standpoint, the other thing that I, I was kind of thinking of, because I, you know, I think most people would say, Swanee, when you're talking about Clemson, you tend to try to look at the positives, and I, I, I think I do for most things, not just Clemson. But okay, so the COVID year, right, and the extra eligibility, etc. I mean, is there a legitimate chance that, like, not necessarily players who would be done this year? But, you know, take a Valerie Cagle, who's got some time left to play. I mean, could those players decide, hey, you know what, we're going to stick around and try to continue to build this program an extra season if available? Um, And my thought process being there is that you just mentioned that wave, that momentum, just trying to ride it as long as you can with this group in hopes that recruiting will, you know what I'm saying, give you an uptick down the road as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm I'm of the opinion that uh, that that there are two things that work in Clemson's favor in that regard. One thing is, and this is a, a bit of a sad thing at the moment, but it's something that I don't see really fixing itself for the time being. There's not a like no doubter professional avenue for softball players. Uh, you know, I've exactly. I've got friends who play overseas. Uh, I've got a, a really good family friend who who plays in Japan uh, and uh, they make good money over there, but it's, it's not like there's an NBA or an NFL or a, or a WNBA or something like that. You know, there's not, there's not a, um, th- there's just not that surefire way to make money after college. So you're, you're better off staying. The second thing is NIL. And we've already seen Valerie Cagle take advantage of that. I'd be shocked if Millie Thompson doesn't take advantage of that after the way that she has really just seized her opportunity. I think Mackenzie Clark is the type of personality that, uh, really could could uh, make a lot of money that way. In fact, the uh, the highest um, I, I don't it's the highest grossing, the highest charging athlete, the most in demand athlete on cameo at the college level right now is Alabama pitcher Montana Fowles. Of all college athletes anywhere, she's the one that can charge the highest rate that is in the highest demand. So 
for softball players, this is the time to make your money. And I think NIL actually encourages people to stay in college. I mean, Cami Prayer, for crying out loud, she used her extra year uh, to uh, forego going to med school. She was going to MUSC. She said, no, I'd rather do this for a year so you can make a little money with NIL and, uh, and try, to, try to win a championship for Clemson. I, I think we'll see more of those choices. And I, I don't think it'll just be Clemson, but I think Clemson will benefit from it as much or more than anybody else. One of the other storylines that came out this weekend, Florida State, a, a team with just five losses on the season coming in, lost back-to-back games against Mississippi State. I know Clemson Tiger fans know Florida State very well from the matchups that they have with them this season, including including losing uh, at the ACC tournament. And I, I think, you know, kind of going back to our initial conversation about Clemson's chances, et cetera, I mean, obviously this Oklahoma State team beat Oklahoma uh, in the Big 12 championship, but... I think the broader point might be, hey, one of the big dogs is out of the way already. How surprised were you to see that Florida State program drop two ball games yesterday? Well, it was the way they lost too. I mean, that's a team that can hit the full out of the the uh, softball and really knows how to get around the bases. I mean they they've got they've got really good athletes on that team and they've got veteran pitchers. I think their pitching hasn't been quite as good this year for whatever reason. I actually think. That's a consistent theme around the country that a lot of the a lot of the pitchers who were great last year have fallen off just a tad statistically. Fouts, who I mentioned, is one from Alabama. Who I mean, they lost to Stanford yesterday. They kind of got punched in the mouth a little bit in their uh, do or die game. But uh, you know, Catherine Sandercock is another one uh, that uh, that has struggled at times and struggled a little bit yesterday when they uh, when they lost to uh, Mississippi State. You know, I uh, I. I I was a little bit surprised. We had a 16-0 and day one for the national seeds, but I believe five national seeds didn't make it out. Last year we had to wait till Super Regionals to see that kind of carnage. I think it speaks to the strength of the two-line, where you have programs like Stanford, who under John Rittman made it, by the way, uh, made it a point to be in uh, Super Regionals and hosting regionals and things like that. LSU was a two-seed. Uh, Texas was a really good two seed that probably was on the one line for a lot of the year and also and beat Oklahoma. So you've got, uh, you know, you've got a bunch of good teams on that two line. It speaks to the parity. I, I think one thing that, uh, that was a little bit problematic is the ACC has really announced its arrival the last two years with Duke and Clemson coming and of course, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, et cetera. Notre Dame lost big to McNeese on day one. Virginia Tech went down to the wire against Kentucky. You have Florida State losing. It was not a great weekend for the ACC because you really needed those established powers to play just a little bit better. Clemson really carried water for the league in many regards with the dominant way that it advanced out of one of the toughest regionals based on a lot of the stuff I read from the experts. On Twitter, he's at Qualk Talk. All right, Qualk, so the Atlantic Coast Conference Baseball Championships are set, shifting gears a little bit. Clemson with a three-game sweep, uh, impressive three-game series against Boston College. I know it's the worst team in the league, but the Tigers did what they had to do, and they've qualified. I've still got the poll question up. You know, does this Clemson Tiger team make the NCAA tournament? Uh, in your mind's eye at this point, where do they sit, and what would they have to do at the ACC tournament, if anything, in your opinion, to get in for sure? You know, I think uh, I think the maneuvering hurt them in some ways and helped them in some ways uh, in terms of their NCAA resume. The way it hurt was that almost every other bubble team won this weekend. 
Uh, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest put themselves from the bubble to the hosting conversation with a, with a big series this weekend. So, um, you know, most of the bubble teams that Clemson was sort of competing with for real estate lost. That's why, or excuse me, won. That's why Clemson's still in the 12 spot. One thing that really helped with that, though, is, you know, it looked like Clemson was going to face Pittsburgh, who's got an RPI outside the top 60. That was not going to help the Tigers. Now, instead, they get North Carolina. So, with Virginia Tech and UNC, you've got two teams that it's going to help you if you beat those teams in the RPI. We know that in order for a 13-win ACC team to go, you've got to have an RPI in that top 30. We know that historically that's the case. Clemson is right at 30 at the moment. So, I think they need to go at least 1-1. One one. Uh, I think they need some help around them. It honestly does not look great when you consider the fact that you're probably going to have four, five, six bid thieves somewhere. I mean, if, if things go chalk everywhere, you could have a, a you know a, a situation where Clemson's able to play their way in. I think even with a win, Clemson needs status quo in the one-bid leagues around the country. They need the teams that are currently in the tournament to stay in the tournament. I think that and only that uh, will make you feel good unless you win your two. If you win both games in pool play, I think Clemson's in. With the resume they have and the strength of schedule, I think they're good. If you go 0-2, I don't feel good about it at all. But if you go 1-1 one and one and get some help with some status quo, I feel like that's really what Clemson needs to at least breathe a little bit easier going into Selection Sunday where uh, more than most years you're going to be sitting there dying to hear your name called. I'm not um, – you know, I'm not – overly superstitious by any means but I do kind of like that Clemson's playing two 7 p.m. games I prefer baseball under the lights and I would play it at 11 a.m. to be honest with you Tuesday 7 o'clock they'll take on North Carolina then Thursday at 7 o'clock they'll take on Virginia Tech uh, the one I guess caveat I'll add to that is if any of those games before them go late or get pushed back you could, be, you could be looking at like a 10 o'clock start so I, that's not what uh, you would want in, in, in terms of uh, maybe the best case or the worst case scenarios there, but I like it if you get two seven o'clock starts at the ACC tournament. Again, that starts tomorrow for your Clemson Tigers, and then finally, Qualk, I'll, I'll, we'll just you know put a, a a bow on all of this for you when it comes down bouncing back to the softball team. Uh, John Rittman, I mean, look, you kind of mentioned it, what he did at Stanford, and I I said here, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago, but. I think this does put pressure on other programs, right? To have him come in and do what they've done so quickly. And boy, if they advance to the College World Series in just their second full season and third year, whew, man, you talk about turning the heat up on everybody. You know, I do think it puts pressure. I, I, I do think it's important to point out, and I, I pointed this out today, John Ritten is a Hall of Famer. He was a Hall of Famer before he got to Clemson. Uh, Clemson was able to hire him because of some circumstances that happened beyond his control at Stanford, which really he, quite honestly, if you knew the, the story there, he was given a raw deal at Stanford. I'll just throw it out there. Um, and, uh, and the Stanford program has fallen down a notch. Not a ton, but it's, it's fallen down maybe uh, a spot in the pecking order of college softball without him, uh, even though you know they advanced past Alabama and are in a Super Regional as well. Um, he was an assistant at Kansas. And so Clemson was able to get him uh, when, you know, if he was still the coach of Stanford, they wouldn't have been able to. They hired a Hall of Famer. And, yeah, it's going to put pressure on programs. But I think what it says more than anything else is if you've got a really good coach that's able to sell the vision and is able to teach and is able to develop, you're going to win. And sometimes you can hire that coach 
And sometimes it's more difficult for any number of reasons. And so, you know, I, I think it could be unfair to compare some other coaches to John Rittman because John Rittman was a Hall of Famer before he got to Clemson. But I do think it raises the bar for what programs can achieve in this era because uh, a lot of the, the, uh, the things that other programs have to deal with, John Rittman has to deal with too, and he's been able to make it work really well. And his, his staff is great too. Courtney Briall, Kyle Jamison, uh, they do a terrific job, and I'm glad that they were able to put that on display this weekend. No doubt about it. Qualt, man, we'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, bud. Thanks, Juani. Always good to be with you. Stick with us with a quick break. The show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk Law and Swan with you. Again, Clemson Tiger Baseball coming up tomorrow at the ACC Tournament against North Carolina. Thanks to William Qualkenbush for hanging out with us. And, you know, they I, I do. I've said it earlier. I'll continue to say it. I, I think they probably have to go one and one. If you can get that one against North Carolina, I mean, Virginia Tech is number four in the RPI. North Carolina is 16. If you can beat North Carolina, and I think the way this whole thing shakes up, shakes up is uh, Virginia Tech would then have to beat North Carolina and Clemson to keep you out, keep Clemson out of being in that final four part of the bracket or whatever you call it, the final four teams in the ACC tournament. Uh, beating both of those teams, I think, would be incredibly difficult. Obviously, beating Virginia Tech, given where they sit in the RPI, would be better for you, but it's probably not as likely. But who knows? I mean, all bets are off, really, with this Clemson Tiger team, just kind of the way this season has gone for them. They could very easily win both of those games. What do I know? All that being said, all that being said, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The opportunity is there. It is... I guess as they would say, put up or shut up time for this Clemson Tiger baseball team. They flirted all season with being really good. And they flirted at times with being average at best. This is it. Who are you going to be? You got the ACC's player of the year and Max Wagner. Can you go to the Atlantic Coast Conference Tournament and generate runs and opportunities to the to the degree in which you need in order to secure your spot in the NCAA tournament. I mean that is that is the question. Speaking of Max Wagner, did not get any of this audio in earlier, but he met with the media to talk about being named the Atlantic Coast Conference Player of the Year, the first ACC Player of the Year for Clemson since Seth Beer back in 2016. Here's Wagner following the announcement. 
Uh, I don't think I can. Um, it's, uh, it's been an incredible ride. Um, just all the hard work I've been able to put in um, over the past year, year and a half. Um, just with the coaching staff, with the teammates by my side, um, just giving me the confidence each and every day. It really uh, helped this process of me becoming where I'm at today. What was your reaction when you heard today in the, in the meeting? You know, not only first team All ACC, but player of the year. That, that's a really good baseball. Yeah, uh, I mean, just grateful. Um, shocked was probably the the word that really came to my uh, head when I first heard. Um, but I mean, again, it was really cool to do it in front of the teammates because they've been a big part um, of the season for me and even the coaching staff. Um, but yeah, just really grateful um, for the opportunity and just like I said, the hard work I've been able to put in the past year and a half is starting to show off a little bit. What's the reason for the turnaround you feel like? I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest turnarounds you've ever seen for someone from one year to the next. What do you think was the cause for the, the most extreme rise in production? Yeah, uh, if I had to say one thing, it would be the experience I got freshman year. Um, although it didn't go the way I wanted to, um, just the experience I was able to see in the games I got to play my freshman year really helped into what um, I was able to do this year. Um, even though I didn't even start uh, opening weekend, um, just I knew I was determined and I knew that I was an everyday player here. At what point did you think that hey, this year could be special? Um, I guess I really don't know. Um, but I know like, I just come in here every day, just try to be consistent. Um, and never try to ride the highs, ride the lows, just try to be that even keel um, kind of player. So, I mean, it's just, I mean, we're playing baseball. It's like you expect to be good um, and stuff like that. Like everybody here, like we expect the best out of each and every one. Um, so I guess really every game, every series um, is important to us and me um, just to do my best. I wouldn't say there's one particular point. Again, that's Max Wagner. What's so funny, and we kind of said this about him when we talked with Brad Owens and uh, you know, anytime you kind of look at him, this is not a huge kid by any means. Yet one of the best offenses, uh, one of the best offensive performances in the history of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Again, we gave you some of the numbers earlier. Batted three seventy nine so far this season, twenty six home runs. That's just one off the Tiger record. Fourth most in ACC history. Tied for the fourth most home runs in ACC history. Uh, with 26. Uh, 26 home runs. One triple, 15 doubles, 74 RBIs, 65 runs scored. An 867 slugging percentage. That's one of the, that's also the best in a season in school history at Clemson. And he hits a home run every 7.5 at bats, which is 1.4 at bats more efficient than any player has ever been at Clemson. That's those those numbers are just it's just wild when you you know, recognize that fact of how good Mac Anglin has been. And the thing about it, you know, you look at where Clemson is right now. The Tigers win you know, maybe some of the other offensive players weren't delivering. Max Wagner sort of carried the load. Like he he put this team offensively on his back. And 
I got to say that to be where Clemson is right now with the frustration that Tiger fans have had around this team is one thing, but it's quite another to acknowledge what Wagner did that really helped carry this ball club to where they are right now because when other guys were off, there was a point in this season where Wagner was, it felt like to a degree, like the only offense for Clemson. And here they sit with a couple of big ball games coming against North Carolina and Virginia Tech to maybe carve out their way into the NCAA tournament. Can they do it? It all begins tomorrow at 7 o'clock at the ACC tournament for Clemson. Stay with us for more Clemson Sports Talk. Rocking and rolling with you, the show that shakes the Southland. You know, we haven't talked a whole lot of football here on the program lately because there's honestly been so much else going on, and I'd be lying to you if I said that the Tiger softball team and, and their incredible run hadn't wet my proverbial sports whistle on the Clemson Tiger front. But what I what I will say is, if you believe the numbers uh, that ESPN puts out about this team, one of the things it would appear uh, appear to acknowledge I, I guess is the best way to put this what it would appear to acknowledge is that this Clemson Tiger football team is going to be not just led by the defensive performances but it is going to their resume will be solidified by this defense uh, when you look at the the numbers and the belief on, on this Clemson Tiger defense, it, it tends to be number one in the country. And, and the offense is somewhere in the top 40 in the mind's eye of most experts. And, and so that, to me, is where it, it gets a little, a little crazy so to speak, because the other teams that have tended to be at or near the top of college football, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, those teams, Oklahoma, I'm just trying to think of some of the other names out there, they tend to project with top offenses. And in some situations, 30-ish spots better than Clemson offensively. And, and the Tigers won't be but a couple of spots maybe or two, like better than, say, a, a Alabama. Alabama, who's got potentially one of the top five offenses in the country and certainly one of the top five defenses. But you know what? You know the old saying, right? Like, defense wins championships. And so... The belief is either that, A, Clemson's defense, the the gap between the Tigers and Alabama or any other team with like a top five, off, a, a top five offense, the gap between how good those defenses are appears to be so significant that the Clemson Tiger defense with a top rating 
can tend to elevate that 40th-ranked offense much more. Much more than what it appears Alabama uh, and others who might have top defenses are capable of elevating their own offensive numbers, if that makes sense. And and I, I hope you get what I'm saying. It, it Like, if you had a team that had a rating of, say, number two offensively and number five defensively, you would expect that team to be one of the top teams in the country. And that just makes sense. And that's what you see pretty much across the board, except for Clemson, that's a bit of an outlier. But even with a offense that's not expected right now, and again, it could, who knows, maybe maybe you get Notre Dame freshman year DJ all season, and all of a sudden the offense is alive and wideouts are making plays and everybody's excited about Clemson football. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's where you end up. And that would be amazing. But it is it is incredible to me that Clemson's offense can be seen as so I don't want to say putrid, lackluster. Like in the forties. But yet the number one defense can carry them to a level that sits among peers who are top four offense, top four defense. Does that make sense? Like the number one defense is essentially lifting a 40-ish ranked offense amongst peers who have top 10 ranked offenses, top five ranked offenses, and top five ranked defenses. So what does that say about the belief of how good Clemson's defense must be in order to project that out? I don't know what I don't know that there's a word that's better than elite. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean SMART. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I don't know if there's something better than elite. But that tends to be that that tends to feel like where this Clemson Tiger defense is. It's it's the differential, and maybe this is the way to think about it, between, say, number one defense, Clemson, projected, and number five offense. Excuse me. Let me, let me say that again. The differential between the number one defense and, say, the number five defense must be significantly larger than the difference between the number one offense and, say, the number five offense because Clemson's number one ranking in defenses in the defensive side of things seems to elevate them and elevate that offense substantially. Substantially. 803-450-0086. And a lot of that's got to do with the fact that there's just a ton of returning players as well and deep talent on that defensive line. That's a huge part of it. 
but it offsets an underperforming offense to an incredible degree, in my estimation. All right, we got to put a bow on the show. We're getting ready to get out of here, man. Two hours in the books. Holy smokes. I can't believe that. Stay with us for the final segment of Clemson Sports Talk right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. Lucky for us at Clemson, the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately, and what have you done always, are the same. We win. Final segment on a Monday afternoon. Lawton Swan, Clemson Sports Talk, 803-450-0086. Text line, phone line. Again, be a part of the show anytime, any place, anywhere. So the Tigers softball team advances to the Super Regionals. We played some audio out of the gates here on the program today from John Rittman, Clemson Tiger head coach, after the Tigers closed out their regional. They will take on Oklahoma State, the Cowgirls softball team. That matchup said to begin on Thursday at 9.30 p.m. on ESPN2. Game 2, Friday, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. And we are hoping to get Coach John Rittman on the program tomorrow to talk about your Clemson Tigers. So, We'll try to work him in. If we can't get him on tomorrow, then definitely on Wednesday. All that being said, here's Coach Rittman following the Tigers' win over Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns yesterday. Uh, eight nothing. Millie Thompson giving up one hit in her two combined outings at the regional against UNC Wilmington and then uh, against Louisiana Lafayette. Game two's pitcher, Valerie Cagle, had a three-run homer uh, in that matchup yesterday against Louisiana Lafayette, but Cagle pitched a very good game against Auburn, and uh, that was the difference for Clemson. Pitching uh, in the job they did yesterday uh, at the plate, but here's John Rittman following that 8 nothing win over the Raging Cajuns. Wow, what an emotional day. Um couldn't be more proud of our team with the way they competed all weekend long. Um, you know, obviously for such a young program um, to be regional champs is, is very special. It's just another stepping stone in our growth. Um, these three players up here have meant so much to our program um, from, from the start of the season uh, to right now. And uh, just really proud of their efforts today, um, but really proud of our team. You know, it's, it says something about us and how we've learned and adjusted throughout this year, um, playing the tough schedule that we've played, um, not winning a regular season championship like we did last year, coming just short in the ACC championship game last weekend, but to finally 
get the championship that we were looking for in the regional championship this year was very special. You know, um, we're going to enjoy this and, and get ready for Super Regionals on Tuesday. But what a special time to be a Clemson Tiger softball player. Um, who would have thunk it three years ago when we started? But here we are. Um, today's game, listen, our pitching staff was outstanding all weekend long. Of course, Millie's no hitter on Friday. Yesterday, Valerie against a very good Auburn team shuts them out. We get the one to nothing win, got out of some tough jams late in that game. And then today, Millie, just an outstanding effort. You know, again, a one hitter. Um, we gave up zero runs in three games. And uh, you're going to win when you give up two runs, right? But uh, Millie, another phenomenal performance. She's just so gutsy out there, not afraid of any moment, um, just competes her butt off. And, and then offensively, you know, Cammy just set the tone in that first inning with, the, with a good battle at the plate and got the base hit. McKenzie moves her to second. And then Big Vow, as we call her, you know, smashes one, you know, center field gets us that one run. And that takes the pressure off us a little bit, you know. And Millie shuts him down there for a couple of innings, and then we have the big inning. You know, a freshman, Abby Beer, comes up, send one, sends one out of the park. Um, Oda with a great at-bat. You know, she, she just gives us quality at-bat. She, she had two strikes on her and worked the walk. And then another freshman, Maddie Moore, with a big hit. Um, you know, and then we kept the pressure on them. Of course, you know, we ended up scoring some more runs in that inning. And and uh, and then it was just up to Millie to go out there and, and shut them down. And, and we felt very confident that she, she was going to do that. And she did. And then time to celebrate. And uh, just really enjoyed today. Special moment in our program's history. And now we're looking forward to a super regional. Cami Pereira was also uh, the other player. I couldn't remember who else was up there. Uh, but she was asked about her performance in the ball game and the job that she did, and she said, "Man, there's just there's really no better way uh, to go out, you know, at McWhorter Stadium as a player." Yeah, I mean, uh, if I could have drawn up a way to end my career at McWhorter Stadium, this would definitely definitely be the way I want to do it. Um, just being able to celebrate and have fun with our team, um, just being able to to perform and you know not do too much. Um, that's just really what I'm trying to do in my at-bats. And I just try to be consistent and then let Val come up and do the big stuff. Um, but just trying to get on base and, and work hard for our team because I wasn't letting this this last day uh, be my last day playing softball on our own, own field. So it was really special to end that in such a great way. So there you go. The Tigers are on to the Super Regionals. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Don't forget tonight, if you need to get your fancy tickled, by some NHL action, you can as there are a couple of matchups. Florida looking to avoid being swept by Tampa Bay. 7 o'clock on TNT. Colorado looking to take a big 3-1 lead over St. Louis. 9.30 on TNT. Then in the NBA, you got one matchup on the docket as they are down to the Final Four. Miami up two games to one. ABC 8.30 versus Boston. We got to get out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget about the website. Put the .com on it. Doggone it. That's ClemsonSportsTalk.com. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, as always, y'all take care now. And go Tigers! 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.